0: The mental piece and the spiritual piece needed to be done first before I was even able to work on the physical. Yeah. Because, you know, the body is going to do what the mind tells it to do.
1: This podcast exists because of the team at KazCM. At KazCM, we make content creation enjoyable. We are on a mission to help leaders create content. Content that will improve lives. Content to be proud of. Content that fosters community. We know through firsthand experience how content brings people together and we love helping make that happen. We produce podcasts, short form videos, blog posts, and other written works, while also providing support in website development, social media management, and strategic planning. And we would be excited to help you visit CasCM.com to learn more or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Yeah, yesterday Microsoft 365 was out. I was like, now I think you could get it from like your desktop app, but you couldn't if you're using the cloud based it wasn't working. I'm like, that's Microsoft 365. So we're here talking about trying to get our podcast working and our device doesn't work. And people ask the like, technology's not working. It's like, well, stuff breaks. Are you seeing yeah. your boys over at Southwest Airlines? <laughs> I mean, it's not good. Right. Their computers go down. Like, that's scary, man. Yeah. Very
0: scary. Yeah. Ground every flight, do not fly Southwest Airlines. Yeah. It was funny. I saw. Someone sent me a meme that said, Southwest is exactly who you said Spirit Airlines was. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yo. Yeah. The internet is undefeated.
1: Undefeated. My son and I flew Spirit Orlando. It was like, I think it was kind of during COVID on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. And we made it. Like, actually we made it. I mean, like, on time and everything. And I was like, I can't, I'm done. Like, cause the next time I fly it, I'm just going to be stranded somewhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, just don't risk it. I mean, you're stranded. You're just getting, you're risking it every time, I guess, with delays and stuff. They're They're just crazy. But you just imagine like all that goes into that. Like I was telling someone, I'm like, to manage how those flights, just the thousands, or I don't know how many flights are in the air at a time, and Mm -hmm. on the ground and taking off and landing. it's like, that system is nuts.
0: Yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Even when they're recruiting people to go and do that, I know they have to be under a certain age, and it's one yeah. of those things where I think there's a lot of burnout because of oh yeah, like the tests you have to take and then just the hours that you have to put in. Yeah, so I imagine definitely an opportunity for any young people out there who may be interested in helping on that yeah. end, yeah. as far as you know, getting these flights in the air and getting them back on the ground. Yeah. Actually, a former athlete, she actually did gymnastics here at OSU, and she actually has been doing this for I think at this point over ten years. I want to say maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe eight to ten years, something like that. But yeah, man, it's definitely a tough job. I wouldn't want it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I think there's job
1: security in there. Oh
0: yeah, no doubt. I
1: think that's a positive because you need the airline industry, you need transportation. So I Mm -hmm. think from that standpoint, that's good. But yeah, it's got to be a ton of stress in in all ways so yeah man this is good i'm glad we said technology always can slow us down but it can't stop us
0: can't (laughs) stop us cannot stop us it's gonna keep us going that's for sure yeah yeah yeah
1: so what's on your mind today
0: man honestly man i just wanted to really just continue on that conversation that we had last week with just social media and just comparison because i feel like Hmm. that's a big thing that we we definitely want to touch on but yeah, I think we also you brought this up last time, but we want to recognize that there are some positives when it comes to social media. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's going to depend on who that person is and what they're posting. Yeah, you know what I mean, you can post real world positive things, or you can just fill that feed up with just negative things that are, or toxic things, as we call them. Yeah, so it just all depends. But as soon as you put it out there, that's what people are consuming. Yeah. And then it doesn't help that if someone's watching something that's toxic and they like it or whatever it may be, the algorithm, they're going to know exactly what they like. So they're going to make sure that, you know, those things are continuing to come up on their pages left and right. So it's one of the things that are tough. But yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to continue on that piece. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts were. Yeah.
1: No, I, absolutely. How do you think, like, you could talk to a therapist, you talk to someone who works in psychology and, I think awareness is a big piece of it. You know, like your awareness that you had personally. And that's good, right? So I think it's important to remove the stigma of therapy and seeking help and really thinking through things. But how does an individual come to have awareness? Is it a friend telling you something? Is it a child saying something to you? You know, because that's hard when you rely and have that expectation where if I'm tripping, someone's going to tell me that. Mm -hmm. But where it would be even better, and I think this is what you have dealt with, more personally, Mm -hmm. is you had self-awareness. Like, it hit you at a moment to say, man, I'm doing this, and that's not good, and I don't like it, and I need to work on this, and I need to get better at it. That's a lot, right? That's not a Mm -hmm. typical thing that I think the majority of people, it doesn't mean, yeah, I've met a lot of people that have come across those realizations, but how do you come across that? And we're specifically talking about social media can apply to anything. right? To where, oh, wait, I am consuming a lot of negatives. Like I'm seeking out the negative. I'm seeking out the bad. I'm seeking out the toxic. I'm getting involved in conversations. And it could be like, you know, we talk about college football a lot, right? You can get in a debate of Big Ten, SEC. And every time an SEC person starts dogging Big Ten, and let's say you're just a Big, Big Ten supporter, that could bother you. And it might seem so insignificant, but it's not, it really is not because then it just gets into the, all these arguments and all this stuff. Like if you're doing it in a fun way, by all means, like that's the point of it, right? That's the beauty of sport. But I think like, how do you come to that point of having self-awareness? And I don't think it's like, Hey, here's what you do and follow that. And you too shall be fine. But you know, it's not that I know it could be, I suppose, but it's not like what we're thinking about is more. And how do you get to that point of self-awareness?
0: Yeah, I think it just all depends on the individual. I don't sure. think there's necessarily a roadmap for it. Right. Because I'm sure there's people who became self-aware at 11 years old that they're able just to make a lot better decisions than anyone else, right? Yeah. Some people don't become self-aware until they're 18, 19, and other people don't become self-aware until, what, they're 45 or 50? It just all mm-hmm. depends, right? Cause yeah, they could be 75, right? It could I be mean, yeah, You just don't yep. know. You know, yep. life's a journey, so... Hmm. It just depends, but I think some things that we can just kind of, I guess, look at, at least for Mm -hmm. me, because it all depends on what you're consuming. I'm sure we've heard the saying, like, you are what you eat. So if you're putting bad items into your body, bad food, you're drinking all the time, you're doing all these things to your body, then that's what's going to be put out there, and that's what you're going to be walking in. And that's something that I was focusing on, because over these past couple Months, you know, I've really been focusing on fitness and making sure that I was getting my body back together. And I think it started with that for me. And then from there, it kind of gradually moved on to okay, I worked on what I was consuming food wise. Now, what am I consuming when it comes to social media? Yeah. Or what am I reading? Yeah. And from there, just kind of, like I said, did an audit and figured out what was good, what was bad for me, and then just put actions behind it, if that makes sense. So I would say it starts with that, but then also goes to, there's a book that's called As a Man Thinketh.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And in that book, it talks about tending to your garden and the garden being your mind. So when it comes to gardens, you know, you have to make sure that you're tending to it. If you want your garden to be healthy, you want the fruit or the vegetables to grow and and all that good stuff, you have to make sure that you're tending to it. Yeah. Right. You want to make sure that's perfect. Now. If you're not tending to it, that's when it's going to be, there's going to be overgrowth, there's going to be weeds, and it's possible that your garden's just going to get destroyed by the weeds that you're allowing to grow in there. So I think just, you know, from that piece, it's us going through and really being intentional about what we're reading, what we're watching, and what we're doing, and tending to our gardens, which is our minds. And then from there, if we're, we're consuming good content, and if we're doing the right things and thinking about the right things, I think positive results come. And then when you're, I guess, looking internal like that, that's where that self-awareness comes from. So yeah, that's just me, that's my piece. Doesn't mean that anybody else has to follow those same steps, but that's just something that I've done.
1: Yeah, that takes, it's so funny you mentioned that book. It's like a thin book, and I have it on a shelf. I'm trying to spot it right now where I'm sitting. But it's so funny you say that because yeah, I mean, that obviously found you, right? That blah. And there's other ones. So there's other things that you heard that get you to that point. But that requires like reflection, downtime, like a second to just decompress and think about this stuff. And I think that's the part that's hard to get to because it's always on. It's always on. I'm reading this thing as we're talking. I have this smart insights and they've done this, this tons of research on social media and this is research, so I don't know exactly how accurate it is, but it looks pretty accurate, right? So it's within a reason, I suppose, and they didn't ask me, they didn't ask you, but they ask enough people, and that's how surveys are done. A third, nearly a third of Americans regularly get their news on Facebook. That's a lot of people, right? A third get it all on that social media app, and as we know, those social media apps are doing certain things to trigger you to show up, to consume their content. And so maybe the connection I can make is how are you going to stop yourself when the technology company is beating you and beating your mind at that? Like they don't want you to stop and reflect and think and get off of it because that's bad for business. They want you to continue to consume that. You did it, right? And I'm not Mm -hmm. the how-to isn't like, oh, here's the answer. Like you said before, there is no answer. I agree with that. I think it's like hearing those things over and over and over again in different ways to say, man, this is it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm consuming too much here. Like I need to take a break. Like they're in control of your mind. There's no way our minds have developed enough to manage all of the incoming that's coming at us. And it's not just social media. It's email, it's phone, it's text messages. It's the news that you talk to your neighbor and like all the stuff that we used to have, the books that you're reading, the -hmm. conversations that you're having, like it's just too much information and there's no way the brain can handle all that. So I think it's like, to your point about food about sugar, right? When you have candy, okay, candy was good. And then your body craves it more, right? I'm no scientist, but I've heard enough to say, that's why you want to just binge eat the candy. You want more sugar. Your body craves more sugar. So the only way to overcome that is to have more of it. And that's the mm. only way to feed it. So the only way to overcome all this information that's coming in is to pull in more information. Mm. That is really hard to do when Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, the list goes on and on and on yep. are coming at you every second. And push notifications. It's like, so the thing is, I don't know how a lot of people stop. And I think we could all get caught up in it. So I'm not like judging someone else. It's just like, man, this is what we're up against in some ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot going on. I mean, I know for me, when I was on social media, like Facebook and Instagram, social media, that's what I'm speaking about. Yep. I'm still on LinkedIn. So if anyone goes on and says, well, Nate still has LinkedIn. (laughs) Yes, I still have LinkedIn. Yeah. But that's very different than... Facebook and Instagram. But either way, yeah, I used to get a lot of my news from Facebook and Instagram to the point where it was always something. Whether it was good or bad, it was constantly there. And I was constantly trying to look at my feed to figure out what was the new news for us to talk to. The current news for me to talk about to someone else or for me to share or for me to comment on. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people use social media for that. But as far as like how does one overcome it? I don't think there's an answer other than like some people, they can have a social media and it does not bother them. Yeah. Just like some people, they can go and have a drink and they'll be fine. While other people, mm. they can't just have one drink. Right. They're going to have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it just depends on the person. And again, it comes back to giving yourself that self audit, looking at your life, looking at what you're doing, looking at how much time you're actually spending on the app or doing X, Y, Z, which the iPhone tells you every single week, how much time you're spending on something. Yeah. And then from there, just if you feel like you're not where you want to be in life or you feel like, Hey, you know, I just feel like my life's just not going in the right direction. I feel depressed all the time. Really audit what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're doing. Like if Mm. you're watching depressing shows and, you're reading depressing articles and all these things. It's like, well, if you're consuming that all the time, of course you're going to be depressed because that's what your mind's going to be constantly on. Mm. But if we sit there and we meditate on the good things, then from that piece, that's where you're going to actually be able to go ahead and have a positive outlook on life and be able to function the way that you want to function. And I know this is not a religious podcast at all. And I know everyone has a different, foundation when it comes to religion or belief or faith sure but for me i think it just goes back to i mean like the bible where it says like meditate on his word day and night like if you sit there and you meditate on the bible and the word day and night then you're going to walk out what's written in there Mm. because that's what you're meditating on yeah right but if you sit there and you meditate on things that are depressing and aren't beneficial to you, then those are the things you're going to walk in as well. So it just all depends on, you know, the person, and that person has to really audit what they're looking at. Yeah. So I think that's the best answer, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. again, sometimes social media is, some folks, that's their only source of community. But that's a whole other story in itself. And I'm not in that category to say, like, that's my only source of community. But I also recognize that it may be for some people. That's the way that they interact with the world or they can interact and feel like, hey, this is like kind of my place to where I can go and I can talk and have some kind of friendship and or relationship with folks that way. So I also recognize that piece. So it just depends on the individual and where they are.
1: Yeah. Well, think about it. Yeah. Like if you're, I don't know, if you're into Fortnite, right? And you found a Reddit community or a Facebook group, And you find like-minded individuals. And you could say like as a child, right? And let's say no one in your grade or in your class likes it. And they think you're weird because of it. Well, you can go home and you can find people that are also into the thing that you're into. You know, I've heard from people like if they lived in a small town and they were into anime, it doesn't matter, football, right? And that whatever that thing was that they're into that they didn't have people around them that were also into it. They can now go find a community of people that have similar like-minded interests, and there's a positive in that, kind of to your point, like that might be the community. So, and we'll talk about like how social media is good, right, like think about upside that all this technology and all this connection brings us, right, so it's not all bad, it's just like this awareness piece of understanding like what's good and what's bad at it, because like you're even saying bad news, triggering news, information, whatever that might be, you mentioned the word at the very beginning is the comparison part, to where you might not even be consuming news or information that's coming from other sources. Your sources might be your community, like your friends, your colleagues, the people that you've met throughout your life and from your high school days or what have you, right? And you use the word comparison. That could be the thing that could be bringing you down Mm -hmm. because
0: you would say, what am I doing? Exactly. Yeah. Comparison is a dream killer, and it it's something that allows people to really plateau and kind of just stop where they are. Because if you're always comparing yourself to someone else and what they're doing, like you're never going to be able to be your, the best version of yourself. It's impossible. Yeah. Because you're focusing on trying to do what Joe Smith over there is doing and how he does it. Not realizing that Joe Smith only concentrated on Joe Smith and he perfected the things that Joe Smith can perfect. You get what I'm saying? So. Yeah, Yeah. people get stuck in there. And I mean, I've been there before with the comparison piece, but it wasn't until I started focusing on what I wanted and how I wanted to grow. And once that happened, like I was able to move forward in life, if that makes sense. So yeah, man, comparison can be a killer. You know what I mean?
1: You don't know what you talk about Joe Smith, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this elusive Joe Smith you don't know what Joe's going through as well. So just yeah. even if you say to Joe point, can be point.
0: Yeah, Joe can be out here saying all these positive things, doing yeah. all these positive things online, but in reality, he's depressed. He hates right. his life. He Correct. doesn't know what's going on. Right. But to you, it sounds like, oh, this is great. But in reality, like, yo, his life isn't as good as you think it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because everything's displayed now, right? Yep. Someone's mm-hmm. on a vacation. Someone's doing this. Someone's kid did that. I don't know. And you get caught up in it and you hear a comparison is the thief of joy, jealousy, right? So it is. And that's the point where it's hard going back to your food analogy to get off of it. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say, I obviously need to start eating better. That's what, you know, someone would say, I need to eat better. Okay. Well, that's a good start, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I need to work out. Like you said something at the end of the year and it's like, Go down and do 10 pushups. Do one pushup. Congratulations, you just worked out. Mm -hmm. And that's like real right there. Like that's super impactful because you always, you know, people aren't afraid of going to the gym. They go to the gym, they're gonna look stupid and people are watching them, people are judging them. And it's like, they won't do it because that stuff gets in the way, you know, but there's other ways to do it and coming from someone like you're like a world class athlete saying, no, no no like it doesn't have to go to that extreme. <laughs> but it's like it's so hard to say like well if I'm going to work out, I need to work out for an hour and I need to do it this way and that way and then it just stops. You. It's like, well that's too much. Like there's too many there's too much friction to get over that. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep doing what I'm doing because it's just honestly it's just easier. Yeah. Right? So that's I think it happens a lot.
0: It's easier just to be like, well this is kind of the situation that I'm in and I, and I'm not going to do anything. It's hard. We say, hey, I want to lose weight or I want to get stronger or I wanna XYZ, whatever it may be. And it sounds good, but most of the times that's where it stops. People don't put action to it, whether them actually, like we said, dropping down and doing 10 pushups right then and there, or writing down a schedule and sticking to it. Like that's the hardest part. Yeah. Like it's easy to say this is what I want to do. The hard thing is actually writing out a schedule. Yeah. And then from there it's being committed to that schedule or whatever that goal is being committed to it. Yeah. That's hard because in the beginning you're going to be motivated, but motivation is going to fade. You know what yeah. I mean? And then it's going to come to like, whether or not I want to do it. Like do yeah. you truly want this. Cause if you truly want it, you're going to do it even when you're not motivated because that's right. just the standard. This is what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a standard in, so let's go back to college football, right? Like you show mm-hmm. up, you're at Ohio state, Jim Trestle's your coach. Like there's a way that you're doing things. Like you can't just, ah, you know what? I don't feel like hitting the gym today. I don't feel like going to practice today. Like you won't be long for the team at that point. So there's certain things you have to do in order to be on the team. And you have to go through all the workouts and everything that goes with it. And it's all the ups and all the downs and the travel and the whatnot. And you have these habits, and it's not even habit at that point, perhaps it is, but it's also just like, it's because you have to do it. Like that's, and you have to fulfill it in order to get your scholarship and be on the team and make it to the next level. And there's people over there telling you, these are the things that you're going to do. And I would imagine like, that's a great thing. And if you can stick to it, but it's a lot harder to do when all of a sudden the coach and the teammates and the captains and the players and the, the end goal of winning a championship or beating Michigan or what have you those are gone now because you're off doing something else and we've seen it a lot, right? You look and you're like, Oh wow, that's the guy that used to play college football or he played in the NFL or whatever. Like, and then he put on a lot of weight and that, you know, again, mm-hmm. I'm just giving an example because they didn't have the same system around them to make that work. But like, when I say all that, what comes to mind, what you're thinking of, because I'm sure like you're probably in the best you know, shape of your life while you're playing collegiate football. Yeah, because of all those things I talked about.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, honestly, if I'm being real, like when you just described my life and the life of a lot of athletes when they're done playing their sport. Yeah. Because once that structure goes away, everything goes away. Mm. Once that structure went away, and this is on top of some other things that I had to work through with the concussions and depression and this, that, and the other, like the weight gain happened. So when they were like, oh yeah, that guy... Used to play football at Ohio State, he played safety and linebacker. And they look and they're like, man, this dude looks like a six technique. What do you mean he <laughs> played safety and linebacker? You know what I mean? So like yeah. that stuff is real and that stuff happens. Yep. But again, you gotta be committed to getting back to the best version of yourself. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, like for me, and this is just me talking about my life personally, sure. like for me getting back to on the journey, getting back to the best shape of my life has not been the easiest Yeah, because you get older, 34 now, your metabolism slows down. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like the way you used to lose weight and what you used to look like is a lot different at 34 compared to when you were 21. Yeah. The effort that you have to put behind that is a lot greater. I can't sit there and eat canes every single day and think I'm going to have a six pack. (laughs) It doesn't work that way for me anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like too easy back in the day.
0: (laughs) Right. But I will say, you know, as I'm getting older and I'm still hitting the gym or whatnot, I'm getting stronger, which is great, which is kind of weird when I think about it, but I'm a lot stronger than what I was. But getting back and being committed to just being the best version of myself, that's what's motivated me just to get back there because I want to make sure that my sons can look at dad and say especially my oldest now, but they can look at dad and say, wow, you know, he played at Ohio state. He was once, as you say, a world-class athlete and he's still in shape and he's still running around. At least now I have a blueprint for what it looks like. If I decide to play sports, go into college to play sports and whether I make it professional team or not, I know an active lifestyle like that is what I want. Yeah. I mean, so it's just me just trying to be an example for them
1: there's a bigger purpose all of a sudden, right? Like there's a there's meaning to it. Yeah, it's meaning yeah.
0: behind what we're doing. It's not necessarily, and obviously, I want to be in the best shape of my life, right? Sure. But I'm not comparing myself to someone else when it comes to someone else's best shape of their life. I want sure. to do it for me, so that my kids can see that dad set the example. Yeah. And it's not that they are are gonna compare themselves to me necessarily. But it's that they're gonna look and say, Okay, that's the standard. And the standard was, you know, waking up at, I don't know, four thirty in the morning to go work out at five o'clock, then get dressed, get shower, then go to work. You get know what I'm saying? So yeah. My job is just to set the standard and to follow the standard so that my kids can see it, look at it, and they'll be able to walk it out when they get yeah. over too. So that journey is just different for everybody. It's a different journey.
1: Yeah. Well, I think those are key words, right? It's a different journey. So that's like, how could you compare yourself to someone who's like, when you take up all their experiences and their past and their history and their dynamic relationships and all that stuff, like they're so different. Like one has nothing to do with the other and ages have nothing really, you know, age a little bit, maybe like you can have some common, Oh, I've been through that. Or we got a kid at the same time. And, you know, so you have similar like things that maybe are going on, but two 16 year olds or two 40s, eight year olds or two, whatever, like there's so much different going on. And then like, I would imagine, cause you've talked about it a lot, like you'll reflect back on your time at Ohio state. You'll reflect back on certain things that coach Trussell said to you. And okay. So then you leave Ohio state, you're done and things start changing for you, like not in a good way, but then I would imagine at some point you again started reflecting back on those conversations. So that past experience is still with you. You still have it. And you can go and pull on those things to say, man, I have it in me to do it. I just need to like get back into that place. Like, is that bringing up something for you to think like, oh man, yeah, it's because of people like Trussell and my teammates and this and that that allowed me to get back on this, to use your word, journey to go where you wanted to go.
0: Mm-hmm yeah I think it's reflecting back on those conversations and those relationships for sure, but like for me, and again, everyone's different. I needed to do some healing for myself, mm. both mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all those things had to be done first before I even got to the physical let me one the mental piece and the spiritual piece needed to be done first before I was even able to work on the physical, yeah. Because you know the body is going to do what the mind tells it to do. I mean that just is what it is, and the mind's an extremely powerful thing, and you have to make sure that your mind is right when doing anything. So I know for me, I had to essentially like look back on my time at Ohio State and forgive myself for things that I did and things I didn't do right. But then I also had to look back on my life and really just. I guess, heal from the traumas of just life because, you know, life happens. And from that healing, I think that's where it allowed me to finally get into a place where it's like, yo, I'm getting after it now. Yeah. That's time to go. And like in the past, man, I don't even know how long it's been, past four months or so, I think I lost like 30-something pounds already. Wow. I'm still trying to lose probably another like 25 or 30. And at that point, then I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But not just physically, I mean mentally as well. Sure. That's what I did. But yeah, those conversations with Coach Trestle and just conversations with teammates, they helped. I know with Coach Tress, he was just big with the winner's manual. And as an 18-year-old kid, you know, the winner's manual was just one of those to-do items that we had to do in the morning during camp and then we had to do in the afternoon during the season. But as I got older, taking that time during the day to reflect and just, you know, think about the things that I'm grateful for and thankful for. I've always been good. And then, you know, reading something positive for 10 to 15 minutes out of the day, it became very important for me and my journey. And yeah, those were just life lessons that, you know, Coach Trussell taught us that I'm carrying on right now. When you were
1: at Ohio State and you're hearing these things, right? You talk about the Blocko and Mm -hmm. all that Trussell talked about. At the beginning, were you bought in? Or were your teammates bought in or was there like doubt? Like, what is this guy talking about? Or was it all like, no, no, man, this, I'm in. How was that?
0: You're talking about the block of life?
1: Yeah, all of it. You know, just like his philosophy and the conversations he's having with you, because you know, like you said, it wasn't all about football. So I Mm -hmm. I just, I'm curious, like at the beginning, Mm -hmm. like you see the movie, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what is this coach talking about? You see a movie, a coach talk, coach talks, like, this guy's crazy. What's he talking about? By the end of the movie, it's like, everyone's bought in, Right. How was that for you all at Ohio State, you, your teammates, and whatnot?
0: Yeah. I mean, during our recruiting visits, especially when he was talking to, we had like some one on one time with parents and the players. Yeah. I mean, Coach Tressel would bring out the Blacko of life and talk about things on the football field, you know, things in the classroom, spiritually, family, all that stuff. Like, he talked about all of those things from the beginning. And, I was just trying to play football, if I'm being honest. You know, at the time, as an eight star, getting recruited 16, 17 years old. But, I mean, he was talking about things bigger than the game then. And, you know, with my time at Ohio State, we had to always go back and reflect on the year, reflect on our preparation for the year, write down our goals, and really just think about life in general. And it was just something that Coach Tress always put in the forefront for us. Like, it was always bigger than football. Like, for example, even after a game, you know, we would get back to the locker room. He'll have some things to say about the game. And then he would always say, Make sure you call your loved ones, let them know how much you care about them. Remember, nothing good happens past 10 o'clock. And then remember who you are yeah. after you leave this locker room. Yeah. Then he would say it constantly over and over and over again. And it's funny because <laughs> now when I drop my son off <laughs> for school. <laughs> I kind of like, hey, go on there, you know, give great effort, try your best, do everything you're supposed to do, and remember who you are. I say it to him every day before I drop him off at school. Yeah, Remember who you are. So like those things that Coach Trestle said back in 2007, 2008, 2009, 10, I'm saying to my son in 2023. So yeah. it's actually kind of yeah. cool to think about.
1: That's very cool. You mentioned the bigger than life stuff, and that's hard because when you're at whether it's playing college football at a high level at Ohio State, whether you have an important job, whether you have something important to do or whatever, right? Like important moment. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. And you guys have all talked about the 2007 season where you end up in the national championship game versus LSU, but a couple of weeks prior for the season, lost to Illinois. you lose to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's over at that point, right? As far as in that moment, it's not over, but like the chance of playing for a championship Is basically over, is what everyone thought, right? Things Mm -hmm. change down. That's the future. So you're in the locker room or soon after that, and you know, you've talked about all these things that are bigger than life, because that is true. Like, what's the message there from a coach when you like expectations are high? Like you're on your path and you're not gonna lose to Illinois in that game. Like that's just probably not gonna happen. And then it happens. There were a lot of questionable calls in that game. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a definite. (laughs) But I was like, I've told my my son, he like will complain about the rest They're like, man. Can't let it come down to the rest. They, they can't let it come down to the rest, but rest are making mistakes at the highest in the Super yeah. Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know they're gonna make mistake in an Ohio State, Illinois game, right? Yeah. And who knows what all is behind the scenes. So no doubt I'm with you on all of that. But the game ends, the scoreboard shows what the scoreboard shows it is bigger than life. Does that all come true at that point where it, it truly is bigger than life? Or is it like just, I don't even know, like, what is the message there? Because at that moment, it seems like, man, I know people in the state of Ohio are like, well, that's it. We're done. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Like, what is the message there when the preaching's been, it's bigger than life. And then yeah. it's like, oh man, yeah, but Ohio yeah. State just lost a
0: football game. <laughs> yeah. The whole, yeah, bigger than football and X, Y, Z, right? And yeah. like for us, like I was redshirt in 07. So, yep. Yep. but I mean, that loss still hurt because that was senior day. Mm. And that was the last time that our seniors were going to be able to play in the shoe, so that hurt, right? And we lost, and they stopped on the blocko and we almost got in a fight midfield. But <laughs> so, yeah, you know we were all hurting, but the very next day, we walk in the facility, and there's Michigan things hanging all over the place, and it's the game, yeah, it's time for the Michigan game, so like we may have just lost to Illinois. And we didn't send our seniors out the right way in Ohio Stadium. But we were focused and we were ready to go ahead and take care of business up in Michigan. I think we played Michigan in 07 up at Michigan. Yeah. Take care of the game up there and send the seniors off with a win against, you know, those guys up north. And then from there, it was kind of one of those things. You prep and you just get ready. And everybody that needed to lose lost for us to get to that national title. So, yeah. This is one of those things where you just kind of have to refocus. You know, there's, man, so many parts of the season. Like Again, yeah, the beginning of the season, right? But then November in itself is a season, at least how we looked at it at Ohio State. You had the regular season, but then you also have a season within November. And November is for contenders, as Coach Bruce used to say and Coach Trestle used to say. So you had November, but you also had the game, which was during November. So there was like three seasons and one regular season right then and there. Yeah. Then from there, it was like, okay, now you got to go play a ball game and go send the seniors off with a win there too. So,
1: yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Well, you pick up the pieces and move on. And I guess I'm thinking through all that because not about football, but about how do you keep moving? Because that's the thing. It's like someone could have all this awareness, right? And they come <laughs> to this conclusion that social media is getting in their way, or whatever, right? You hear about it with an addict, right? Who goes to mm-hmm. the bar right? people have setbacks. Mm-hmm. It happens. And so you lose a game, it happens. Like you can't win every game. Like the expectation of winning every single game is like, and I'm saying every single game, every single year. It's like it's not gonna happen. You're gonna win the championship every single Alabama, who's been the best college football team in the last 10 years, they have not won the championship every year. They've had some really bad losses. Like back to that Auburn game where the, the game's over and the dude returns a field Miami. goal for a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, that loss has to hurt. But it's like, so what are you going to do about it? And then you like, I just pulled it up, the 07. I was like, I'm trying to think of that game and what happened. You all won 14-3, to and I'm looking at the quarterback play. The quarterback yards, Beckman threw for 50 yards, Henny threw for 68 yards. I mean, BD ran for 222.
0: It was a rainy day. (laughs) Yeah. There was going to be no throwing in that game.
1: None, none. Yeah, So it's like, even in that, You have individuals who did not have their best performance on both sides, right? But it's like, those things happen. That's a part of it. That makes sense to where even when you figure all this stuff out, and even when you take the next step and pick up the pieces, and this could still happen. And Mm -hmm. that's what you've, I think, you've talked a lot about it, right? Going through Mm -hmm. all of these struggles. And if you add up all the struggles, it's like, I could ask you, Nate, like, how do you keep going then? right? Mm-hmm. How does anyone keep going when they say, man, I, didn't, I can't even believe that. I didn't even know you were dealing with all of those things. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow you bear down and you keep going. And that doesn't mean it's going to, oh, cool. Now you're good. It's all fixed. So everything's going to be fine. It's not the case, right? Like everything's going great. And next thing you know, it's like, hey, schools are shut down. This has happened. We got COVID. There's a risk of death. Like wh- how does someone handle that? It's just a lot, you know, no different than picking up your phone and pulling up the news on Facebook and then you see there's a tornado in Oklahoma or there's this thing that happened in politics and then there was a school shooting and then your football team loses and you're like, man, those, (laughs) they all add up. I don't know.
0: They all add up and I think it's all about perspective. I don't know, man. Like for me, whenever someone says, yo, Nate, I don't know how you did X, Y, Z, or I don't know how this happened, that happened man like when i really do a reflection and i look back on my life like i wasn't supposed to do half the things that i'm doing right now <laughs> i mean it's just crazy and not everybody even knows my entire story which is crazy to think about yeah like i haven't even been able to put into words my entire life story but when i go and i look at what i've been through how i've overcome even though i've felt like i failed at times but I look at like what I've been able to overcome, like, it's, it's crazy that I'm even still standing here. I'm still sitting here. And at that point, that gives me strength to keep on pushing because it's like, I'm not even supposed to be here right now. Mm. There's no way. There is literally no way I'm even supposed to be here. And the fact that I'm still standing here, married, two kids, have an amazing job, amazing opportunity. At this point, I have a rental property. I'm not even supposed to be here. There's no way this is supposed to happen. Like, it just wasn't. So, like, when I'm really down and I feel like I need a a pick-me-up, I go back and I look at where I've come from. Yeah. You know what I mean? How far I've come. And at that point, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, as bad as things have been as an adult, I look back at childhood and be, like, yo, (laughs) this is, like, no comparison. Not that we should be comparing, but it's one of those things where it's, like, it puts things in perspective, And just to bring it into, like, Ohio State's perspective, like, you know, we lost a game, a football game, right? It happens. We might be able to play next Saturday, or at least we'll be able to play next season. But there's, just across the street from the stadium, there are patients that are fighting for their lives at the James Cancer Hospital. And some of them are going to lose that fight. So it's all about perspective at the end of the day. Now, you're still a competitor and you want to win. But when you go back and you reflect in the grand scheme of things, you realize that, you know what? I'm still able to play this game that I love. There's someone that's literally fighting for their life over the James cancer facility and there's soldiers that are deployed overseas that are never going to be able to see their families again. And they're fighting for the freedom that allows me to play this game. So Mm -hmm. again, perspective. Yeah. Perspective is everything. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. That's what you have to do. You have to have perspective in these things. Yeah, it's all relative,
1: right? So I think people can still have moments to where, yeah, there's world hunger, right? There's different, like you talked about before, there's people going through bad stuff. At the moment when that happens and it hits you, there's relativity to it, like where you're having to deal with whatever that is. But I think to your point, what you're saying is find perspective somehow, some way. And that might be different for everybody and how they get to that. Mm-hmm. but i think that's right yeah it's funny when you talk about like just being here and you, i don't know like whether it's a book a movie a play or something like that i immediately thought my daughter like for years has been listening to hamilton right the broadway mm-hmm. musical
0: I listen i ain't gonna lie to you that hamilton yeah. soundtrack yeah. hamilton the show listen if you have not seen it live you should yep. if anyone's oh, yeah. listening to this that's what you need to do i'm sorry Man, but go ahead i love it How had to give hamilton and everyone there you had to give him the flowers because that's one of the dopest things I've ever said in my life.
1: It's amazing. I'm with you. I'm with you. And like, we listen to it all the time. You hear and always pulling out stuff, whether it's history related, whether it's a line that someone says and how you can relate it and create an analogy for it. But it's like one of the big things that his wife was always telling him is like, look at where you are. Look at where you started. The fact that you're alive is a miracle. Just stay alive. That would be enough. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just have to like going back to that first line, look at where you started. Like you're here. Mm-hmm. Perspective. <laughs> it's amazing and I don't know when you, when you were talking about it, it made me think of it there's a lot of good content out there to consume that can mm-hmm. help you out yep. and that's where music comes in and you sent me a song last week you mm-hmm. know you're like listen to this and songs can have different meanings. books I mean you referenced a book today we just referenced a Broadway musical and And you could hear that stuff. Like someone could post that on social media. So if I got on Twitter and saw those lines, like that might hit me at the right time. It's just what's it surrounded by and how can I get in and get out of that, you know, picking up your phone, looking at Twitter and then get off of it to not get caught up in the next thing. Because then I'm going the next thing I'm going to see is how CJ Stroud's a bad person somehow and he shouldn't be drafted at all. Like, you know what I mean? It gets to the extremes of like, you know, and I don't even know him, right? I've watched him play, but it's just like, man, this is like, this is a 20 something year old guy, like just trying to make it. And, like, there's out there, how do you deal with all that? So it's just wild, man. But that, what you were talking about made me think of that Hamilton lie. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. I tell you what, when you reflect back, and everyone has a story. And if anyone's listening to this and they're like, well, Nate Oliver's life was bad. And, well, if his was that bad, I guess my life isn't that bad. Like, no, I'm not telling you to compare your life with mine. Yeah. I'm just asking you to have perspective and look at, where you started and where you are right now. That's all I'm yeah. asking. Yeah. I mean, my story and someone else's story are completely different stories. Yeah. I mean, we referenced different plays and books and I'm sure yeah. we'll reference many other books and plays throughout our podcast, but it doesn't make one book or one play better than the other because they're both great. Yeah. But you just got to, I guess, run your race and just look back on your life. Not anyone else's life, look back on yours, look at where you've come from. Yeah, and just use that as fire to keep on moving them forward. That's all.
1: Yeah, I think you could look on, you can look at history a little bit too. I read a lot about the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and I have this book. I have a few books going always at the same time, but it's a novel, it's historical fiction. It's called The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Mm. I just pick up the book, right? Anyone can pick up the book, read the first few chapters, and this person who becomes the tattooist at Auschwitz, he's in the train and they don't know where they're going. Mm -hmm. And then they arrive there and they don't know what's happening. And then all that's just, that was real. Like that stuff happened Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that long ago. Right. And again, that's just one example of people that were there and it wasn't all Jewish people, right. It was all sorts of people that brought in obviously mainly Jewish people there, but a lot of cultures, a lot of religions, a lot of races had gone through things along those lines. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you pick up a book and you read something about it. I mean, I'll tell you what, man, that's perspective right there because that happened. Mm-hmm. And how do you even deal with something like that? I don't know. And then you could go read man search for Meaning* and Victor Frankel. And he talks about how he was able to focus his mind on what he had to do to survive and to get yep. out of there Yep. and assuming and thinking that his wife, who he was not with was still alive when he found out much later that she died early on in a concentration camp, right? Mm. And so it's like you said, it's perspective. And I think someone could say, I have had everything. I've had everything go good. But it's like, I don't know, man. Like like you said, reflecting and thinking about these things and then reflecting on the people that came before you and what they mm-hmm. sacrificed to get to this point and come exactly. to this country. I don't know, like, everyone's got a story. And I've always thought that. And it's like, in the world of content creation, what we're doing, it doesn't always have to be about your journey and your story. It could be about like why you like to travel and what that means and how that's important to you, or it could be about law and like why the law is so important to you. I don't know, but right. I do know everybody has a story and that's mm-hmm. why I think content comes in and you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised how many people would be interested in hearing that story, even if it's just a few people. But I'll tell you what, I, Like, I was a joke. I was like, there's a lot of people in the world. They're like, well, that's really profound, Eric. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people. And I'm like, but just go out, right? Go to the airport and you just see there's people everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. We're above 8 billion now. Like, there's 20 people who are interested in what you have to say. That's like not a small number. No. So it's like, you have a story, yeah. And that's what you're doing, man. And that's what these conversations are all about. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share that.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I mean, just sharing that story. It's good that twenty people like it, right? But I mean, you just being able to talk about your journey—oh, yeah. Even if it's not for likes and follows or whatever it may be, that stuff's therapeutic in itself. Yeah, you being able to express how you feel, where you come from, and if there's someone else that happens to be listening to it that maybe knew you, like me or you or whoever it may be, your entire life, and then you get on this podcast and you start talking about your life and your thoughts and what was going on. Now they know you in a deeper way because like I said, I guarantee my teammates, my family members, they didn't know half the things I was going through when I was going through them. No one knows. So, you know, being able to talk and express these things are important. And I think right before we got on that piece, you mentioned how it's important just to reflect back and look at the people that are gone before you and what they endured so that you can be where you are. I think that's important too. Yeah. Because I look back, and it was like a meme that went through, and again, it's pretty decently graphic or whatnot, but it talks about how us as, I guess, Black Americans, we sit there and we talk about how classes might be hard or things we're going through is tough. But then it just gives the perspective of, like, our ancestors were on on ships that were taken from the West Coast of Africa and sent here. And they survived that piece and survived slavery so that you could be here right now and you're complaining about a test. You know what I mean? Like when we sit there and put it in perspective, it's like, dang, I need to go ahead and probably get my mind right and get myself together and take care of what I need to take care of in order for me to push forward because yeah. there were so many other people down the line that made it so that I can be in this position where I am right now. Yeah. So again, perspective, not yeah. comparing, but it's just one of those things. It's a, Perspective is very sobering. Yeah, I will say that it allows yeah. you just to have like a calming, calm, sobering about everything. Like, okay, I get it. I know where I am. Okay. Now I can move forward now because I know, where I come from and I know where I'm going.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah. Yeah. I'll
1: tell you what, that's it. That's this right. To your Mm -hmm. point. And when I say about, you know, if people are going to like it or hear it's, it might impact them. Oh yeah. Maybe it can Mm -hmm. be a conversation that you and I are having. That's what this podcast is. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I could hit stop recording at the end of this and that could be it. And I don't have to do anything with it, but I'm personally, and I believe that you would feel the same way, like, this was worth it, right? Like, it doesn't have to go anywhere else, and, like, just even have this conversation, and that's a big reason why I'm a proponent of it. It's no Mm -hmm. different than writing something down, reading, uh, listening, talking, podcasting, whatever.
0: Man, that's good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is good stuff, man. I I enjoy the podcast. I enjoy just being able just to come here and express, but if anything, you know, I think it's just good. For people to hear another voice, you know what I mean. Yeah, hear yeah. that, hey, you know what? Eric may have been going through this, or Nate was going through this. I was going through a similar situation. I know it's not just me. Or I know that it's okay not to be okay. Whatever it is, you know whatever that may be. I'm just glad we're able to express that on the podcast.
1: Yeah. So, man, this is good stuff. We'll keep doing it. I appreciate, it, man. I
0: enjoy talking to you. So, yes, sir. We will not stop. Yes, sir. We're going to keep this thing rolling.
1: In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.